Welcome to Recovery at Pal. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. We believe that God allows us to call out to Him just as we are, and that we are worthy of the love and the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. No matter what's holding you down, such as grief and loss, addiction, codependency, sexual integrity, or your loved one who suffers from addiction, we are all recovering from something. We recover with Jesus, the 12 steps, and we recover together as a community. You can find our recovery page at palchurch.com. Click on the recovery link to find out more about us. Visit with us Thursdays for a free meal, worship, and small groups. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, invite Jesus to sit with you, and enjoy this message of hope that follows. Well, hey, y'all, my name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. Hi, hello, spirit fingers, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, my recovery story includes alcoholism, childhood trauma, and struggles with control, and God's mercies are new over me every single morning. It's Jesus guides me through the narrow gate one day at a time. And if you're new tonight, or if you come every Thursday night, we want to say welcome home to you. We're so glad you're here. You're in a safe place. And it's good to see y'all tonight. Uh, We're in the middle of a sermon series, and it's called Teacher. And our anointed teacher is our Savior. He is Jesus. And as we learn from Him in this series, we're studying the gospel, the good news, from Matthew. And Matthew writes to us so that we might understand how we can make the decision to live differently in God's good and perfect will. As we work our recovery programs, as we work our 12 steps for our hearts and for the hearts of those that we love so that as we move into action within our 12 steps, we realize that Jesus is not only our teacher, but that he's our hope and he's our solution. And we can walk in freedom with him no longer in that darkness alone. So far within this series, we've been looking at our 12 steps and we've worked together steps one, two, three, and four. So Jesus, being our teacher, he's taught us a lot within those four steps, hasn't he? Valuable lessons through Matthew's gospel. In step one, we learned, we admitted that we were powerless over our lives and that everything had become unmanageable. We sat down in that place of surrender with Jesus, releasing our illusion that we had power at all in our lives, our behaviors, and even our losses. We, we surrendered that to the Lord. In step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We left everything behind us. As Jesus called out to to us by our names, we are his beloved. He calls out to us and we followed him, walking walking away from all of that repetitious behavior, all of our repetitious days, all of our repetitious nights. We left all of that behind in step two. In step three, we made that decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand Him. And we decided that God is so very good as He calls out to us to be His salt and His light, that God's will and His plan for us, for His children, is for us to gaze upon Jesus as we learn from Him, God's holy Son, so that we may glorify God in heaven. Last week in step four, we made a fearless and a searching moral inventory of ourselves. We made our list, didn't we? On paper, all of that stuff we've kept hidden in the darkness, everything that no longer is serving us, we put all of that into the light 
on paper. And we looked at our assets too, our spiritual gifts, all that is good and kind in us. And we laid it all out for our offerings heavy on the altar at the foot of the cross where Jesus takes it and he carries it all for us. And we gave thanks to our teacher for his strength as, he be, as we became vulnerable and he kept us safe. And tonight we move into step 10 and we will admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Jesus will continue to be with us as we do so. He is our teacher. He's our safe place. He's our savior. He's our friend. So let's look at the first scripture reading for tonight as we learn from our teacher about the good news we find in Matthew's gospel. It's chapter 7, and it's verses 7 and 8. Hear these words. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. We all pray with me. Sovereign Father, hallowed be thy name. Holy and loving God, we offer you our gratitude deep within our hearts tonight. We give you thanks because you are good. We give you thanks because you are our safe place. And Father, when we consider our fifth step, admitting all of our dirt to ourselves, to you, and to another person, we are overwhelmed. Please hold us and please forgive us. Please show us Jesus tonight as our teacher so that we may be assured that even within the hard places of our recovery, your grace is real. We long for the peace and the forgiveness that you give so very freely. We ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us so that we may sense your safety again in your loving presence. Father, in your mercy, hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. When we begin our fourth step inventory, we're given some really wise but scary instructions. Go ahead right now and schedule your fifth step appointment with your safe person. And we say, wait, what? What did you just say? I haven't even finished my fourth step, right? And we hear it again. Yeah, you heard me. Yeah, go ahead. Um, as you begin to chart out your inventory on paper in step four, schedule your meeting with your sponsor your pastor or your spiritual mentor, girls with girls, boys with boys, mind you, and set that time frame with that safe person to hear your fifth step. And that makes my heart race just thinking about that. What about y'all? So there I was going through my very first 12 steps class, which starts this Sunday at 4 p.m. Shameless plug once again. And I was sitting and I was marinating all up in step four. And I began to sweat a lot. I went home and I began my inventory on paper. And I, I sent the text to my safe person. I held my breath. And I typed out, can we schedule my fifth step? When are you available? 
And I closed my eyes really, really tight, and I pressed send. And I exhaled. And being a very wise mentor, she did not answer me right away as I stared at my phone. And this caused me to have to pause and to wait for her response, for her available dates and her available times. And eventually my heart rate, it finally slowed down and I continued to breathe and I didn't die. And God was still on the throne. And I was not on the throne. And this was very good news. Our scripture we just read in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is our teacher. And he gives us really important instructions. Jesus is preaching his sermon on the mount. And he's about to come down off the mountain. The sermon is almost over. And he teaches his disciples, his followers, and us that everyone who asks for grace, he says everyone three times in just two little short verses. And you know how I feel about repetition in Scripture. He says everyone gets grace. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And Scripture is truth. So following the advice of Jesus, my teacher, and the advice of my 12 Steps teacher, I asked. And I had made my request, and my safe person finally sent back the available dates and the times, and we made my appointment for my fifth step. And I had received my first taste of grace from another human being. So I had my paper, and I had my inventory, and I had my appointment, and I started to chart my fears, my resentments, my harms done by me and to me, my people, my places, my things, my institutions, and my patterns. Mm, yeah, patterns. Pesky, pesky, pesky patterns. I was honest and I was thorough as our big books of Alcoholics Anonymous instruct us to be. And I had my four-step paper, all of my old ways, all of my behaviors, and the time arrived for me, for my appointment with my safe person, for my step five. I was ready to admit to myself, to God, and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs, and I was terrified. Why was I terrified? Because I was about to spill out all of my stuff, all of my dirt, all of my shortcomings, all of my sins, just like that. That's how it felt. Out loud right? I was going to do that all out loud. It's one thing, isn't it, to pray to God and say, God, here's all the bad stuff I've done today. And that's what we're doing when we ask, right? We're praying. And tomorrow, Father, give me the strength to not repeat the things that I just did, those same old things. Please forgive me. Thank you very much. Amen. Right? We go about our day. That sounds familiar. It's another thing altogether to voice my whole life's work of sin. All of my stuff to another person out loud, safe or not, sounds crazy to me. And yet Jesus, our teacher, says, everyone who asks, everyone, the worst of the worst, we all get grace. 
So I arrived at my mentor's office and she was running late and I got the message from her that she would arrive just as soon as possible. Um, and so I had to pause again and I had to wait again. And I continued to breathe in and I continued to breathe out and I didn't die. And God was still on the throne and I was not. And what is this? Very good news. That's right. It's good news. My safe person arrived and we made ourselves comfortable in her office and uh, she began to pray over me to calm my fears. And then we studied some pages in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And then she listened. And she listened some more. She listened with grace. And she listened without judgment. And she responded with words like, yeah, me too. And she helped me work through my stuff, all of my pesky patterns, all of my harms. And I experienced her free and her merciful grace. And Jesus sat with us. He met us there. And in that safe space, I experienced his boundless grace too. And God remained on the throne. And within the stillness that we shared between all three of us, the Lord and my person and me. I was set free from my bondage of self simply because another person who had worked the steps before me listened. Now, I won't ever tell you that working our 12 steps is easy. And I won't ever promise you that charting out your inventory for step four uh, and speaking that inventory in your step five to another human being I won't promise you that's easy. It's not an easy task. However, I will make you a promise that it's really hard. Facts. But what I want you to know is that working your step five is a road that is less traveled. And I also want to make you the promise that when we are honest and that when we are thorough in our step five, it's worth it. Because Jesus, our teacher, offers us a new way of life. And Jesus teaches us all about this new way of life in our next scripture. And we remain in the, in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 7 still, and it's verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it, for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And you might be sitting in your chair right now thinking, wait just a minute, Pastor. You just said that if we ask for grace, we get grace. And now you've just read a scripture that says, uh, Jesus says, few find it. So what gives? Here's what Jesus is doing his best to teach us. Everyone who asks and searches and knocks, everyone receives grace. But because it's so hard and it's frightening to do that for us humans to take that narrow road, not everyone will travel that way. So to ask and to seek and to knock, few of us take that action to receive that grace and then we're stuck in that rabbit hole. 
and we say to ourselves, see, God, I told you, you never really wanted to give me grace anyway. I told you. He's not a loving God. And I don't want to face my fears in step five. And I give up. Steps one, two, and three, we call those the surrender steps. In steps four through nine, we call those the action steps for a reason. We have to take action to understand and receive His grace. Action involves asking and seeking and knocking and entering through that narrow gate. And few make the choice to walk into steps four and five because it is a really narrow gate. And we stay in steps one, two, and three in the road forks. And we've got a really hard decision that we've got to make. Do we stop at step three and veer off into the wide road and stay in our patterns? Or do we go through the narrow gate and pursue God's grace, confessing our step four inventory to God, to ourselves, and to another human being in step five? Everyone who asks searches and receives, or knocks, receives grace. But how narrow is that gate that we must walk through first and only a few make that choice to walk through the narrow gate into that safe place finally covered in God's grace so that we may live a life of recovery alive, no longer in that dark place, in that spiritual darkness. So what does the narrow gate look like? And what does that wide road look like? And which one are we going to choose? When we think about the narrow gate and we enter in, what happens? We got to abstain from our chemicals and we got to abstain from our alcohol and we get sober when we enter into the narrow gate. The narrow gate. We, sh we shut down our devices and our media where the temptation waits. We break off from all the meetups where we used to hide. We show up where we were told to show up to find hope. At recovery, at anonymous meetings, at groups, we listen and we learn from someone who walks the walk. And we work through our grief. And y'all, we got to give ourselves grace in this. We got to be easy on ourselves. It's that slow progress and not perfection when we work our steps. Whoever thought that um, considering entering into the narrow gates that we weren't supposed to be so hard on ourselves? Sounds kind of topsy-turvy, doesn't it? But can we ease off that pressure off of ourselves that we place there on our hearts and onto others and yet still enter into the narrow gate? We find a sponsor. We find a home group. We find a place we belong. We find our teachers who show us grace like Jesus does. And we learn from him and we learn from them. And we work our steps and we offer our fifth step confession to that safe person. We enter through the narrow gate. So what does it look like if we choose that wide gate, the easy road? What happens? The scripture says that the word is destruction. Jesus, our teacher, is very clear in the scripture. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. 
and there are many who take it. It's destruction. So what does destruction look like when we pump the brakes on working our steps? It looks like a relapse. We think we have everything under control, don't we? And we take that shortcut down the wide road and we go out for dinner and somehow we end up at the bar. And the alcohol touches our lips before we even know what hit us. Or we make the call to the dealer and our drug of choice is flowing through our bloodstream before we even know that the electricity has popped. Or we make the call to be dishonest or to lie or to cheat or to cause harm. We begin to control our loved ones who are in addiction again. And we begin to justify our feelings of self-pity and loneliness and God's been waiting there all along with open arms and we turn away from it again. And destruction looks like hiding and it looks like isolation. It looks like me, myself, and I. And I get lost in that place of self. The gate is wide and the road is easy and it's familiar. And I turn away from my safe people. I turn away from my step five and I turn away from my Savior. And still, our teacher in his love, he offers grace again. He never gives up on us. And Jesus says that we can still make the choice to hear him and to do what he teaches us. When we look at Matthew 7, 24 through 29, Jesus says in his very final lesson on the Sermon on the Mount, in love, he says, everyone, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it was founded on rock. And everyone who hears the word of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against the house. And it fell. And great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd was astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Jesus is our teacher, and he makes that promise that it really is for everyone. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them, we can have his grace, and he will not let us fall. Jesus is the authority. Matthew wrote that down in the gospel. Matthew says the crowds were astounded. They were amazed. Here was this new teacher, this Jesus, this promised one, the Savior. And he turned all of their thinking and ours upside down. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Those guys who were writing everything down, all the rules, they led with oppression and fear, all the old behaviors. And we know a little something about that, don't we, in our own lives. Yet Jesus offered grace to everyone, everyone who heard and everyone who took action. And so we must take action. We enter into the narrow gate and we hear Jesus and we do what he teaches us to do. And we admit all of our stuff to God, to ourselves and to another human being. And we speak it all out loud and we admit everything that we've done, everything we feel, everything we fear, 
all of our chaos within our storms to ourselves, to God, and to another human being, when we deserve judgment and we deserve darkness and death in all of our old behaviors. Our teacher, Jesus, he gives us so very freely and without condemnation, safety, sacred ground, a new way, a new foundation, a safe place to call home. And our safe place is his grace. And his grace has a name. And we call him Jesus. Speaking of speaking. When we offer our fifth step confession, we got to talk, don't we? We got to talk a lot. And we talk a lot in that safe place to God and to another person. And when we're finished speaking, and we have to have that time for that hour alone. It's really important to have that hour with our Savior after we're finished. And Jesus invites us to become very, very still within his presence and within his freedom. And he speaks, he speaks his peace over us, his beloved. And we breathe in the Holy Spirit and he whispers with his promise, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know that. Be still and know. Be still and. Be still. Be. And we can finally exhale by His grace. We ask, we search, and we knock. And we take action as we enter through the hard and the narrow gate. And we speak our fifth-step confession, and we speak out our patterns, and we hear Jesus, and we do what he instructs us to do. And we're seen and we're heard by him. Our safe listener gives us grace, and our anointed teacher, he gives us grace too. Our Christ opens the door to us all. We turn away from that chaotic free fall of self and our foundation is formed and we stand on the rock of our Savior, Jesus. And he carries our sins on his shoulders as our hearts beat by the freedom of his cross. And we finally realize what we've known all along, that God is on the throne and we are not. He has all of the authority and this is really, really good news. His grace is real, and we receive it freely through our teacher, Jesus. And in the stillness of his Holy Spirit, we breathe new life, and he gives it to everyone. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you journey into your next moment, or your next 24 hours of recovery, know that you are worthy, loved, and welcome at Recovery at Powell any Thursday night from 5.45 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. 
Check us out online at palchurch.com and visit the recovery link for more information. Let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.